Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. The pads are on and football is officially back. Welcome into SB Nation's The Finsider. This is the Jake and Josh Show. I am Jake Mendel and joining me as he does every time we have the opportunity to record a podcast, it is the one and only Josh Houts. Joshua, we have football tonight. What does it mean to you when you hear the saying, we have football tonight? Dude, I'm excited, but let's be honest. We are not going to watch the we're Hall of Fame. We're not excited. No, we're not. So <laughs> I, we were fake excited. We're excited because what? We're two weeks now away from the Dolphins finally getting out there. What is it? Nine days away from their first preseason game. So that's why we're excited. But Jake, we got to be honest. We had a podcast that we did yesterday. It was a travesty. It, terrible recording issues on my end. So sorry, guys. We didn't have a podcast out for you sooner. But we're back and we're ready to talk Dolphins football. Jake, how have you been since the last time we spoke? I'm good. I'm good. It's kind of like we got uh, Charlie Brown a little bit, right? The, the <laughs> yeah. football was taken right away from us. Oh, we yeah, just whiffed. Uh, you, you whiffed so hard, we kind of kicked ourselves in the head, but that's neither here nor there. Josh, there's been, I wouldn't say a lot of news going around Dolphins camp, but the pads are on. Today we are recording is Thursday. So the Dolphins actually have an off day, and that's the first day we actually have zip zero not a news so let, let's run through what we have real quick and that's uh dj fluker was released by the miami dolphins with an injury settlement uh he was re- placed on pup early in training camp and we kind of assumed maybe he was working all off season to get in shape and uh did something and they're just kind of keeping him on ice till we get closer to the regular season that seems to not be the case and josh i guess it's safe to say i'm a little disappointed not because I thought DJ Fluker was going to come in and be a stud or even come in and be, you know, a starter, but he seemed like someone who'd be such a great depth acquisition in terms of being able to play both tackle and guard. And it really seems to have somewhat of a domino effect on the rest of the offensive line uh, in terms of depth. And I guess we could just already say this is the first L uh, we're taking and assuming that Fluker was even going to make the active roster. after that. I thought we just assumed that, but I guess uh, that's what happens when you assume. Yeah, made an ass out of you and me, but, um, you know, not to spoil our Madden, our quick Madden bonus podcast that we're going to do later, but DJ Fluker was the number one rated offensive lineman in Madden on the Dolphins offensive line. So he's out the window now, like you said. I mean, this was a guy that was a no! better, yeah, this is a guy, like you said, was a veteran presence that, you know, maybe he wasn't going to start, maybe he wasn't going to be at right tackle. I mean, some people thought he would be, but at anything, he was going to be that, you know, veteran leader that could at least, you know, fill in at guard if he had to fill in that tackle so um it is definitely disappointing to see it didn't really hurt the Dolphins as far as it was nice them to you know come to some kind of settlement there but again I think DJ Fluker is a guy that you know could be signed later in the year and could you know have some value for one of these teams making a playoff push I do have to bring up um 
It's from my, the Miami Herald, Armando Salguera. He uh, wrote down his notes from training camp yesterday, and he has the offensive line right now looking like this. At right tackle, he has Jesse Davis. At right guard, he has Robert Honey. He has Michael Dieter at center. And Jake, I don't know how you feel, but you know that battle between him and Skura. I mean, if Dieter can come out of that and be that young, you know, he still is young center and, you know, be that anchor in the middle, get those calls out there. I mean, that would be awesome to see. But um, that's one of those things where I'm just waiting to, you know, see how it fills out because it almost feels like it's the best of the worst winning there. And then you got Eichenberg, you know, we talked about him probably playing at tackle but right now he's inside at guard and then Austin Jackson you know left tackle drafted to do that so um Jake I don't know how you feel about this offensive line again it's super early and again you know the offensive line sounded much different when the reporters could not report on what was going on opposed to you know how it's been over these last few days when fans are back in attendance so I don't know if that has anything to do with it but again versatility here and it's truly a battle and you know let let's let, let the cream rhyme as the top as, as some might say you mentioned versatility, and that's probably the issue, I guess, uh, with letting someone like Fluger go is you mentioned Jesse Davis starting at right tackle. And this is something we've talked about a little bit on the podcast, but Jesse Davis seems like the ideal sixth or seventh offensive lineman to have on your roster playing in the trenches. Uh, there's no doubt that you're going to suffer some injuries. It's just that physical of a position. So I was kind of under the impression that both Jesse Davis and, and DJ Fluger would be kind of veteran depth, which is something the Dolphins aren't used to having. It seemed like a bit of a luxury to have both of those guys. Uh, just for the sake of I'm used to someone getting injured and Dallas Thomas having to come into the game or, or someone like that. And all of a sudden the game plan gets flipped on its head because these these backups just straight up can't play or they get taken advantage of, uh, on, you know, just enough plays to really ruin the game. But Jesse Davis has always felt like someone who if he has to come in and play, you know, right guard and then switch over to left tackle and, and kind of move all over. I won't say he's a, you know, a fantastic top tier offensive lineman, but you have this floor with someone like Jesse Davis where you know what he's giving you and it's good enough where it's not going to completely flip a game plan on its head so having him in the lineup is something I'm not a huge huge fan of uh you mentioned the center position and Michael Dieter Josh uh this is another one where you know if the younger guy wins it great because Matt Skura if he can come in and you know again injuries uh maybe he starts practicing even better than someone like Michael Dieter if he can walk in and, and really just play some sort of snaps in relief I wouldn't be too concerned about that despite the fumbling issues in the past uh New Year new me we're talking about for Matt Skura and Eichenberg you mentioned it Miami's second round pick they moved up to get this guy Josh it's hard to believe that the Dolphins were going to enter the 2021 season without him starting uh whether we kind of penciled him in at right tackle at first but here he is on the left side and the the biggest thing about him being on the left side is our boy Solomon Kinley is is now all of a sudden the sixth lineman if, if not even lower on the depth chart yeah, maybe we should put some of the blame on that because we got super stoked in Solomon Kinley. We gave out his jersey, and then from there it was all downhill, it seems. So, you know, whether we're buying the jersey, bad things happen, or we're giving it to somebody else, it seems like, you know, it's all downhill from there. But all jokes aside, you know, again, we don't know what there is after some of these guys. You know, we truly don't know what it is that we have there with that offensive line. I know when we sure. first recorded, you mentioned you would love to get Jesse Davis out of that lineup however you can. Um, but, you know, there's some versatile pieces there behind them. And Adam Pankey, who's young, could do some things there. Um, Jermaine Illuminor, I'm going to F that name up. I'm sure Lenar Coleman. I mean, there are some pieces here, some young players that, you know, the Dolphins did take a chance on a Robert Jones. You know, I think they gave him one of the highest contracts for an undrafted, you know, free agent, whatever it might be. So um, I'm excited to see the way these whole pieces are. I'm excited to see the way this whole thing shapes out. But Jake, um, I guess the question I have for you is this, you know, early on, you know, we're not at camp, but we hear the reports, we see the tweets, we live for that crap, right? Injected into our veins. <laughs> but, you know, um, heading into this year, you know, I, I, I don't want to say that we felt pretty good about the offensive line, but I don't think that we were truly, um, you know, as 
down on it as maybe the national media. I mean, we saw the fan base going after Mina Kynes and some of those other um, analysts. But, Jake, do you think that this offensive line, you know, is going to hinder this team? Because we know how effective this offensive or the run game has to be for Tua and this offense to truly work. Are you at all concerned, you know, should we be pushing the panic button, I should say, about this offensive line, even though it's one week through camp? I definitely wouldn't say it's time to panic. We have to take into account the fact that the pads are just coming on. And despite uh, the defense actually really ripping and uh, ripping it up. Is that, early, is that why it's more concerning though? I guess, you know, that might. No, you're, you're a hundred percent right. And there, I guess your hand is kind of floating around the panic button because I mean, Austin Jackson, he's in his second year. Um, I think he actually missed a couple of games last year too, which is, you know, understandable, but he's someone who you, Again, you need to hope he takes that next step forward, and that is something that doesn't happen until it does. Talk about analysis. that That's about top tiers you're going to get, but but that's kind of the situation you're there in there. The most things we see on Twitter, right? I mean, that's some, that was some next-level stuff. <laughs> you got Robert Hunt switching from uh, tackle to guard. Most actually – I'm surprised in terms of uh, Dolphins Twitter, uh, Dolphins internet presence, uh, they really united in the take of Robert Hunt is meant to be a right guard. You know, he started at tackle last year, but everyone assumed this is such a no-brainer. It kind of blew me away how everyone is kind of all in on that right away. Obviously, we haven't seen it, so we can't lock anything in. So this is his first year starting at right guard in the NFL. Michael Dieter, I mean, that's – that's again, there's just there's just so many unknowns in general. And the second you see someone like Eichenberg playing left guard when we had him penciled in at right tackle, that's enough uh, to start panicking right there just because our vision is, is tailing off track a little bit. But it's also important to keep in mind that this kind of gives us a vision of what Brian Flores is thinking, what this offensive coaching staff is thinking, and where the Dolphins really stand. I mean, Larnell Coleman, Miami's seventh-round pick, I could see him really jumping in and kind of taking over at DJ Fluker, a big body who can play tackle. Maybe he can side inside and be a guard when the Dolphins need it. I'm a Dolphins fan, so offensive lines always panic, uh, always cause panic for me. but I need to see this unit in some live action. I need to hear more about them in camp before I make any type of assumption. But, you know, Mina Kimes and everyone else who said there are concerns about Miami's offensive line, they're 100% right. You know, it, it's as simple as that. And until we're proven otherwise, I think we have to be a little concerned that this isn't necessarily a strength for the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, and we definitely wear the huge shaded glasses. I'll be the first one to admit it. But, you know, again, we talked about the offensive line, how that'll help to a ton of low, you know, whether it's in the passing game, obviously in the run game. But you have here, Jake, you know, Salvin Ahmed limped off the field on Sunday. He was back at practice on Monday wearing the red non-contact jersey. So um, it's something to keep an eye on. I think Malcolm Brown was also sitting out of practice. So, um, again, heading into this camp, we all expect Miles Gaskin to be that running back one. I know the the big thing that we want to talk about was I, I know we all saw that big play coming out of the backfield to a hit him in stride. Beautiful pass, but Javon Holland was definitely a, a heat-seeking missile in that play, Jake. I don't know if you saw that, but he would have absolutely annihilated Miles Gaskin. He would have been in prison for that hit. But, um, you know, you like to see Miles um, Gaskin become an asset in the passing game. You need to see more out of your running backs there. But um, overall, I think that offensive line, how effective that run game can be, is going to be a huge part of what this Miami Dolphins' success is in 2021. What a great transition you just gave me, Josh. So let's take a little quick break here. You mentioned Javon Holland. Uh, Pro Football Focus rated him as one of the most impactful. uh, They said late-round picks, but he's a second-round pick, so I don't really know what's happening there. So when we get back, we're going to talk about Javon Holland and the Miami Dolphins defense and how they look since the pads got on. So stay tuned for that. We'll catch you on the other side. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. 
With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Josh, I mentioned on the other side, and Pro Football Focus has Javon Holland at Miami's first second-round pick, the first safety taken in the 2021 NFL Draft. As a player who's going to break out, who isn't necessarily a quote-unquote high draft pick, even though uh, top of the second round, I'd say, is a pretty high draft pick. And this comes as a bit of a surprise, Josh, when you think of the fact that Jason McCourty has been that starting safety and you add to the fact that I understand where they're coming from with Holland, that he could be one of those guys you can slide in and see some impressive stuff as a rookie, especially when you take into consideration that you have Byron Jones back there, you have Eric Rowe back there, and hopefully you have Xavier Howard out there, Josh. And shout out to our guy, Cameron Wolf, who recently made the transition as the ESPN's NFL uh, Miami Dolphins beat writer. He made the transition over to NFL Network, and he did his first little spot talking about Xavier Howard on Wednesday, where he really brought up, Josh, that the Miami Dolphins and Xavier Howard, the the area of, of the gray area in terms of contract talks, is so small that he believes that this deal will get done uh, sooner rather than later. I think they can really build that bridge with that relationship and make sure everything's all right there between Xavier Howard and the Dolphins, which would do loads of loads of good for whatever Javon Holland wants to accomplish in his rookie year. Josh, how are you feeling about the Miami Dolphins secondary? What have you seen? What have you read? What have you heard? Uh, Give me all your information. I will try to give you as much information as I can, but before we do, I mean, you definitely have to give Cam Wolf a shout out. I mean, he was one of the better Dolphin beat writers, loved reading his work. Awesome to see him on NFL Network next to Ian Rappaport, you know, being segued into there by um, Kay Adams. I mean, that is what dreams are made of, truly. But, um, you know, you heard about Javon Holland. I think he actually got some reps there with this starting unit, um, you know, surplanted, I guess, for one day at least, uh, McCordy, like you said, but I think what Holland does a little bit differently is he has that range that maybe a McCordy doesn't at this age. Mm-hmm. And again, like they, like PFF said, like you mentioned, they did invest a high draft pick, maybe not that super high pick. Like they're trying to play it off as it is, or or super late round pick. Like they're trying to play it off like it is, but they definitely invested it there. And, you know, you continue to hear how he can communicate well, you know, get guys set up again. I think that we talked about it time and time again, how, um, you know, much, maybe fans didn't really care for Bobby McCain thought he was on his way out, but what he was bringing as a leader to get that defense set up was going to be, uh, you know, miss. So you're liking to hear some of that stuff from Javon Holland, but again, super early, the far as Xavier Howard stuff. I mean, that's super awesome. Inject that into our veins. Cause I think we've been saying all off season. Yes. He's the most talented player on the roster. Yes. He could, you know, bring back that war chest of draft picks, but this defense will look night and day. You know, I don't want to say night and day, but it would look pretty damn different with Xavier Howard out of the I lineup. Will. Night and day. Yeah. Night and day. And you know, um, to the same while we're on the subject, I mean, you got to tip your hat to Nick Needham, who, again, has been seizing the opportunity. It sounds you saw him break up a pass in coverage with Jalen Waddle. Again, they just put the pads on, but um, Nick Needham sounds like he's on the boundary in the same breath. You know, you got to wonder what that means for no egg Benogany because this right. was supposed to be his year. And yes, he's what, 21. So it's not like, a, you know, his career's over or anything, but you wanted him to seize that role. And if Nick Needham's fending him off, I mean, again, that's just another camp battle and you just love to see it. But hopefully X is back sooner or later. You continue to hear Brian Flores say how they're they're moving in the right direction. Let's just see if how true that really is. Yeah, you're spot on with there, Josh. And let's make the transition to the defensive line. Uh, Salguero gave his offensive line uh, in the first half of the show, so we'll give you his second half. Uh, and it starters on defense, I don't even think really – 
I, I won't say matter because what 80% of starters do play most of the snaps. Uh, but in terms of the defensive line, Josh, we have Emmanuel Agba, uh, Raekwon Davis and Zach Sealer. And that means Christian Wilkins is not in that mix. Yeah. And I mean, I think um, you talked about, I, I hate how I keep bringing up this loss, the lost tapes, you know, from our, our last recording, <laughs> but you know, you brought up how Christian Wilkins was, you know, not to put too much stock in that, you know, that's not saying anything about Christian Wilkins. It's just basically how, you know, a Miami Dolphins defense works, you know, truly how this regime works. I mean, you're right. You can't put too much stock into that, but to hear that, um, you know, sealer to me, that's the biggest one there. I mean, yeah. to see that he's truly coming on and, you know, taking on that role. I mean, that's awesome. And I do think he's, what a gem. yeah, what that three, four would be up front. So, um, uh, the defensive line I'm, has been dominant, like we've said, but how early is it? I, I hope to see, you know, that offensive line push back a little bit. But the biggest thing here, though, Jake, and we mentioned PFF earlier, you know, they were hyping up Javon Holland. Let's just talk about how they had the Miami Dolphins defensive line as a bottom five unit in football. So that to me seems a little bit crazy because, you know, maybe there's not a superstar on the roster right now, but there's a ton of players that could potentially be superstars if we're being honest. That's kind of how the Miami Dolphins front seven operates, right? Though I wouldn't say it's uh, – we'll use Madden lingo again, right? There's nobody in the 90s. I'd say there's even nobody in the high 80s. But you have so many guys in the low 80s who you can kind of confuse defenses with and are so good at one or two specific things. And uh, Brian Flores really gives them all the opportunity to cook, right? So I think that's where, I guess, PFF's train of thought is coming from. I mean, that top not, I can't even say it. I'm so in awe. But bottom five, Josh, I think that's that that's a little too low, even even for the homer side of me. Uh, and and you have a bring you bring up a big point here, Josh. Um, we talked about Mike Kosicki, uh, him looking for a new contract with his rookie deal expiring. Uh, what about Christian Wilkins? He was really the foundation of the quote unquote rebuild. I mean, in terms of the Dolphins fan base really being jazzed up and debating first round picks. I mean, Christian Wilkins was was the one that kind of flew under the radar. Everyone knew it was going to be a uh, rebuild year, but Josh, where does he stand? I mean, he's not a starter, even though we know how important that is. Strong player. I think he lets other players play to his strengths with his uh, IQ, with his versatility. Um, is it morphin' time? Is it going to remain morphin' time in Miami, Josh? Is, is Wilkins someone you think the Dolphins are going to pay and give a new contract to? Well, I'm going to say if the money's right, right, Jake? Because, I mean, I think sure, you see yeah. it. Again, we're talking about how versatile these guys are. You know, how they're kind of, you know, Davis is with the starting unit. You know, we're going to probably see Adam Butler in there a little bit. You know, the way they rotate in these guys, I can't sit here and confidently say, you know, the Dolphins view Christian Wilkins, you know, what he could potentially make on the open market is that, you know, I don't hate to say it, but foundation, you know, that franchise type player. Cause let's be honest, that's what you would probably be making him as far as a contract. But I, I, you know, I do like the player. I do like what he brings as far as a teammate. If he got, uh, if he was part of the reason that Preston Williams got hurt, I, I want to take back a little bit of that, but um, he, he's like one of those players that, you know, you'll never truly respect and, you know, appreciate until he's gone. I think so. Um, I like the player. I, again, don't put too much stock into him playing won the second unit, but Jake, another thing I want to talk about, Bernard McKinney, I think we touched on it. We were sitting here and I was the first person to sit there and say, you know, I love this trade. Like Shaq Lawson, love this trade. Love that he had what, three years left on his contract. They yep. restructured that man. And then the first day of camp, again, pads came on for the first day. Defense was beating the hell out of the offense. I think they were just basically trying to, you know, work on the run game, just, you know, try to pound the rock yep. down their throat. But you just heard McKinney was flashing all over the place. And that to me, the first thing that came up was that's so Dolphins, right? That's that's so Ravens <laughs> theme. So that's, that's so Dolphins, you know, because... But no, you got to do it now. You can't tease it. That's so Dolphins. <laughs> like, so, you know, you just cannot believe that, you know, they would restructure him and then to hear that he's becoming that asset and that foundation, you know, again, it's super early, but he's becoming that run stopper that we thought he could be. So that kind of sucks. What are your thoughts on that? 
it's a little frustrating, Josh, but everything changes so quickly in the NFL. And as much as we want to build a franchise from the ground up and build that sustained success, I mean, the Patriots are what they are because it's not common in the NFL, right? The NFL is built on parity. The NFL is built on the fact that each year 40% of playoff teams are teams that didn't make it the year before. They keep the slate so clean where – Three years from now, and he's what thirty? Oh my God, that's so old! No, I'm kidding. I mean, I'm I'm gonna be twenty nine at that time. Uh, but Josh, I just don't like to use the crystal ball in that way. Where I I don't know if I can say if it's a good or bad deal yet. I mean, there's a world, Josh, where he balls out. He goes and signs a four year contract somewhere. Is the best middle linebacker in the league his first year somewhere, and then completely nose dives. I think that is a yeah option on the table here and you know that that screams compensation pick and cap space the dolphins have yeah while you were saying that this is where that whole goldfish memory of mine comes into play because i while you're saying that you know a light bulb just popped on oh that's right the dolphins would get a compensatory pick so just you know you can see where they're at and you know again i think the players betting on themselves the dolphins you know maybe they saw it as that too you know go out there and ball out we'll reward you in the offseason so um he's one of those guys that's under the radar jake i thought when you said parody you were going to do the perfect segue into a polarity and start talking about punters so <laughs> is there anything you want to say about that because i mean it's crazy that you know there's so many tweets that we see about hang time and balls inside you know the 20 or 10 and 5 whatever it is I mean uh, people are getting excited about a damn punter it's crazy to me it's interesting because it seems like punting is full-blown baseball mode where it's all just analytics and after like after Michael Polardi missed last year Josh I mean he's been all you can ask for in camp I mean there's coffin corners left and right he just seems like the guy you want and you know we say you can't take much out of training camp but that's not the case when you're talking about punters, field goal kickers. I think this stuff is about as close to live action as you're going to get. And I don't think that really changes anything you're trying to accomplish in terms of punting the ball, turn kicking the ball. So, I mean, shout out Michael Pilardi. We are a little concerned that uh, breaking up Miami's dynamic duo and the special teams there would be a problem, but it seems to not have been the case thus far. Yeah. And I just really want to know, is he going to have as many touchdown pass? I think, was it Matt Hawk? I think he had more touchdown passes than Josh Rosen did, or the same. So yes, um, more, let's see what Pilardi. Let's see what Pilardi can do. Jake, um, let's jump into another ad, and when we come back, we will wrap things up with the latest news on Deshaun Watson, Tua Tungavailoa, and more. And Jake, we're not going to tarp on it too much, but overnight, a lot of rumblings, a lot of rumors from guys with you know lots of followers and checks next to their names. Guys like you and I, you know, for being completely <laughs> are out there throwing out all these crazy rumors that you know the Eagles and Deshaun Watson are closer. I'm not going to sit here and talk about the Dolphins going after Deshaun Watson because let's be honest, that ship sailed. We're all thirsty for Tua Tagovailoa. We see what he's doing this offseason. We're excited. So with Watson's rumors to the Eagles, Jake, I mean, at the end of the day, the Dolphins are most likely out of there, and it doesn't even matter to be completely honest because what we're hearing about Tua Tagovailoa is. And, you know, rave reviews. They're building the offense around him. You know, you hear some of the national media starting to take a step back. I saw Colin Cowards at something yesterday. Guys, just stop, please stop listening to him. But overall, we have to temper expectations. But what we're hearing, you know, one week through camp, you know, people weren't even thinking about Deshaun Watson. So let him go to Philly. It's to his time in Miami. And I'm just, you know, excited because all we keep hearing is about how he's connecting with Albert Wilson on those deep passes. You know, Jakeem Grant's making some toe tappers. Isaiah Ford's out there flashing a number 20 uniform. You know, it's freaking Rashad Jones out there making crazy <laughs> 
catches. I mean, so it's just Rashad Jones, TJ McDonald. What is this? 2016? It's definitely 2016. We'll get more in TJ McDonald or Madden, but Jake, it's just, it's just so nice to see because, you know, they, they spent all this time this offseason bringing in these weapons and, you know, again, it's early, it's in, you know, shorts, t-shirt, whatever. Um, but they brought in all these weapons. They brought in a willful, they brought in some of these other guys. They're not even out there right now. You know, again, he's making mm-hmm. these throws. He's making these awesome, you know, touch passes. He's showing that lead accuracy that you love to see. So, um, get goosebumps thinking about it. I had to allude to a, uh, Travis Wingfield quote, I guess he was sitting in attendance yesterday with Kyle Krabs, the locked on dolphins. And I guess Kyle leaned over and said, two is throwing effing darts right now. My God. So, I mean, you just hear everybody at camp, even Omar Kelly's starting to, you know, become on board. So temper expectations, but at the same time, you know, after seven months here in Colin Calterd and all these other guys sitting there bashing to a ton of a low, I mean, I think we can at least get a little bit excited and jazzed up because right now he's doing everything that we wanted him to do after seven months of pretty much hell. I think it's important to keep in mind, and here's my little nerdy PSA here. Um, if you retweet someone's articles saying they're an idiot, they're garbage, whatever it may be, you're helping them. Believe it or not, you're helping. I mean, you retweeted the story. You're putting it onto your timeline. Every time you mention someone's name, I mean, we got to think of these guys, whether it's the Colin Cowards of the world, whether it's the, I'm going to say it, Omar Kelly's of the world, you got to treat it like Voldemort. You do never say their name. You never talk about them. That is the only way that they'll realize, all right, my takes aren't great. Uh, so I think it's important to keep that in mind because someone asked me about Colin Coward. He's on the radio every single day, Josh. He's going to find something to talk about. And I think it's worth saying, Josh, that when the Dolphins win the Super Bowl this year, I think the championship DVD is going to start with the fact that Tua threw, what was it, five interceptions in a hurricane. And how did the Dolphins ever recover from that? Dude, I mean, just the fact you brought that up, I mean, we have to just quick sidetrack here, but are you not just, I can't freaking wait till that day, you know, whether it's an AFC championship, whatever it is, man, I want that t-shirt, I want that hat, I want the the effing jersey with the patch, I want that DVD, so um, there you said I'm not sure what the tweet of just two or through five interceptions in the middle of a storm, if the Dolphins win a Super Bowl, I will, I will get like 20 of those made and we'll raffle them off, just that tweet on a shirt, and it's gonna be the greatest shirt of all time. All right. Well, we got to make that happen for sure. But I mean, the, <laughs> the whole point of this was that, you know, forget Deshaun Watson. He, he's moving on. Let, let the Eagles deal with that. If that's what they want to do. But A little wokeness about Watson. Uh, so you have to ask yourself, why are these rumors coming out now? Why are the Eagles instantly making a deal? Uh, is it Jalen Hurts is not the guy? Is it Joe Flacco? Is it not the guy? Like, breaking news there. Uh, Josh, but nothing has really changed. So what I think this was because shortly after this came out from uh, the blue checkmark squad that we are uh, part of was that both sides, the Texans and the Eagles both said, no, there's, there's been no movement on a deal. So what I think this was Josh, uh, that they took a day for those responses to come out is I think someone on Houston leaked that the trade negotiations were improving. And this is Houston's way of talking to Sean Watson and saying, Hey, listen, No trade is going to happen anytime soon. As you can see, there's been no updates. Nobody wants to touch the situation with a 12-foot pole. You're still on the roster. You're out here every day at practice. Let's see if we can make this work. Let's try to put something together. Let's try to get through at least this year together and then reassess everything going into next year. I think that's what Houston's trying to do from their standpoint because it's starting to look like he's just going to be on that roster all year long and there aren't going to be any trades to happen. So that's kind of my quote-unquote woke take on what the Houston Texans are trying to accomplish with Sean Watson. I think this needs to be a, an annual uh, weekly segment, wokeness with Jake, <laughs> with Jake Mendel. I mean, I'm, I'm 100% with you. No, no one, I, I don't see anyone truly touching this with a 10-foot pull or 12-foot pull or 15-foot pull. 
15 foot pool, whatever you want to say, Jake. Um, uh, before we wrap it up, I just want to put in my, I wrote an article. I, I had it written on the calendar. I was going to do a, to a hype article. That's exactly what I did. It just worked out that, you know, the rest of the world was also hyping him up at the same time. But I basically say, you know, we're seeing in camp and yes, it's been one week, but I compare it to Charmeleon to Charizard. I mean, that's the type of uh, transition evolution we're seeing from year, year one to year two. Um, I just want to throw out this one tweet from Clint, from, Clint, from Clint Lamb. It says in two a ton of low in year one, coming off career threatening injury, abnormal all season, terrible play caller didn't fit subpar weapons in pass game unreliable complimentary run game three rookie offensive line starters and two new free agents if you didn't see a potential year two leap coming that's on you and then one more from ruthie polinski she put two on the deep ball if a guy's open i'm going to throw it to him so again it's been a hell of a 24 48 hours you know i guess ever since camp started honestly two has been going out there letting it rain but temper expectations we want to see it happen in those joint practices with the bears we want to see it in preseason but again as of right now he's doing everything you could possibly want or ask of him josh i mean it's the thin cider uh it's you specifically you we cannot go too long without completely raving about uh Tua and I have to say I've been pretty conservative in terms of praising him in terms of getting excited about him and one of my most important things to do is always ask myself what's different why now why is things going to be different this time around I mean I asked it when Adam Gase made the playoffs in his first year I asked it about Joe Philbin and I even asked about Brian Flores and you know Josh I'm going to open up a little bit and I'm going to say Tua was the fifth overall pick in the draft. This guy was absolutely bananas in college. You know, I'm trying to sit here and compare him to a dude who played one year of quarterback in college, Josh. He was a wide receiver. So, you know what? I think it's finally time. It is August 5th. It is a Thursday. I'm all in. Tua looks incredibly comfortable at practice. I'm ready to kind of buckle in and, and suit up and, and really not, not put on a football uniform. That would, that would hurt the Dolphins a, a shit ton. But what I mean is, you know what? Call, I, I'm, I'm on the homer bandwagon moving forward. It's still training camp. It's still the preseason. There are no losses. And because of that, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to jump into the Tua Ocean. Did you see the NFL paint put out? Uh, it was Tuna Tonga Vailoa. Did you see that little clip art? Of oh, Tuna? yes, I did. Oh, my God. I that, did. that was awesome. But, Jake, I mean, I think we're we're going to joke, but we're going to just start using that let to a cook hashtag again because we used it last year, you know, and it's just funny because now we're hearing, um, you know, Jordan Howard, I think he even took a shot at Chan, Chan, Chanosaurus up, yeah. Rex. So Probably one of the favorite things is that Chan Gailey is the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, <laughs> Jordan Howard, who is with the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, asked about – his time in Miami last year. And he basically said that the offensive coordinator, he didn't say any names. The offensive coordinator came up to him and said, he doesn't really fit the offense, which that kind of uh, made me laugh quite a bit. And at the same time, Josh, that screeches volumes of the fact that the dolphins didn't build a playbook that built is built around how their guys operate. It was the other way around of just trying to fit all these circles into a square playbook. And we saw the results in terms of the offense on, every single Sunday. And on top of that, they were still a middle of the road offense. Yeah. What's crazy is, you know, is this whole conspiracy theory, you know, some people just thought it was two apologists, you know, saying that the playbook was a little bit different. You heard Eric Rowe basically come out this week and say, you know, the last week it was just basically bubble screens and slants. So to hear Jordan Howard say that, I mean, to be honest, I, I wanted to would have loved to pile on Chanosaurus Rex and sit there and bash him. But I, I don't know that, you know, even the youngest and brightest offensive mind at football could have found a way to make Jordan Howard a relevant running back again. No, no offense to him, but um, Jake, a little bit. It's been an awesome podcast. I think it's much better than that crap that we almost put out um, yesterday. Guys, 
all offseason long, we're going to continue to bring you the latest news with the Miami Dolphins up to the minute. We're going to try to do podcasts, you know, reacting to some of these things. If Xavier Howard's traded, we're going to be one of the first people on it. But, guys, the best way to stay up to date is to subscribe, you know, like, rate this podcast when you get the chance. Follow me on Twitter at Houts, H-O-U-T-Z. But most importantly, please follow Jake Mendel. He's the number one co-host in the world. I mean, he, he just runs through circles. I don't like roller coasters, but I got Jake going through roller coasters and hoops, you know, 24-7 trying to do this podcast. So please follow him on Twitter at J-M-E-N-D-E-L-94. Jay can't wait to continue to talk Miami Dolphins football with you. They're off today. We will probably be back sometime later this week. We are going to drop the Madden 22 uh, player rating team overall article. We're going to drop that podcast, you know, within the next day or two. So keep an eye on that. But Jake, big things ahead for the Miami Dolphins. You got to love it, Josh. My birthday is August 15th and it's going to be a sweet, sweet uh, post birthday or pre-birthday present when the Bears and Dolphins play to get the season going. Josh, it was a blast talking to you. I'd say we wrap it up there. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. And most importantly, above all else, Fins up. Fins up. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl because we're the Miami Dolphins. Cause we're the Miami Dolphins.